Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? It's Thursday, July 6, 2023. Welcome to another episode of Big Streams and TV Streams. Excuse me, Big Screens and TV Streams, live from the Grand Forks Best Source Studios. I'm Dale, along with Mr. Victor. How's it going, everyone? I am excited because, man, we haven't been in the studio for a really long time, but it was so cool, again, to be on location. Yeah, that's a fair, man. Yeah, still reliving that high. I still can't believe we got to do live on location. I was excited. Oh. And if people miss that, then you go back two weeks, check out our live on location, big screens and TV streams from two weeks ago yes. at, the, at the fairgrounds. It was, you had... The most ambitious that somehow delivered beyond all expectations action figure showcase segment of all time. Well, honestly, I, I didn't think they were like, because we were on a table. There were tables like everywhere, and I didn't think most of them were going to stand, but then I was like, I was going to use my DIY knowledge of how to make figure stand and they stood all together i thought one of them was gonna fall but then i was like nope the wind's not knocking any of that down so yeah. that that was really fun that it, was like, turtle power like yes. literally turtle power <laughs> to the like ninth and, and everything man that was pretty much i because i hadn't shown my turtle collection in so many years and the fact that i got how much of it, your percent of your turtle collection was out you would say that was basically i want to say about like 80 percent wow yeah it's there because there's still more i just haven't unpacked them yeah all, so and people could see just i think i did a couple of pictures on the social media for mm-hmm. gfbs on the instagram facebook you could find it that way yeah yes. you went it was all out. check it out from two weeks ago producer paul's in the house yo and i think i heard uh producer katie may be joining us in progress here so we awesome. will anticipate her arrival here but uh yeah, as Victor alluded to, just for the summertime here for the next few months, we'll be, oh, actually, I only think just like the next two, maybe two and a half months, we'll be every other week, every other Thursday at 1 p.m. here before we go back to our Wednesday schedule here. And uh, so you can find, join, join us live uh, for the summer here every other Thursday at 1 p.m. in the live chat on our GFBS social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitch with your questions or comments. Or you can call or text in your questions or comments, 701 701- Two one three zero eight six three, and uh, I guess before we get going with some news items and all that, we should give a quick shout out to our uh, first sponsor for the show, O for Heaven's Cakes. Oh yeah, nothing better than treating yourself to some good homemade baked goods. That's O for Heaven's Cakes in the Grand Cities Mall. Uh, that you could go there for just a treat or the best cupcakes or special occasions. I know I went. I made my weekly trip there yesterday. I had a lemon cupcake yes. and. Just simply delicious, like any of their other ones. They never disappoint me. And of course, I went there just before oh, the show. You got, you got some samples oh, here. Yeah. Of course, I got. I got some, of course, brownies for a friend of mine uh, because it's her tradition. She gives me gummy bears, um, and of course, I really appreciate her for it. So I got her a delicious, very delicious brownie that's big as your head, as you can see. Look at this. This is really good. And, of course, I got these amazing cookies. This one is truly my favorite because not only is it gluten-free, if any of you are gluten out there, but it is the perfect sugar cookie. And, of course, I got the oatmeal cookie. And, of course, to top it all off, we got the classic lemon cookie. So I am just... And they are so delicious. I can vouch for this, too. I think... What was it? Uh, I didn't think we were planning on doing a show. Like, was that a month or two back? I think you had a cookie. And then... Yes. What was it? Which one was cookie was it that put you in the cookie coma? This beautiful cookie right here. The, the this gluten. was the perfect, absolute perfect, and, and there is no such thing usually sometimes, but this absolutely was the perfect yeah, sugar Yeah, you think the sugar-free 
Cookie would not put you in the cookie coma, oh, but... <laughs> no, no, no. This was the perfect, and I'm talking about the perfect sugar cookie. Not too soft, very, very amount of crunch, perfect to the texture sugar cookie. Well, it literally will send your taste buds on an absolute carpet ride. Well, Victor and I can give our give them our endorsements for days, but Ofer Evans Cakes, they're located on the north backside of the Grand Cities Mall, open Tuesday through Friday from 10 to 4, and on Saturdays from 9 to noon, mm-hmm. call them up, 701-757-2253, or email OferHeavensCakes at yahoo.com. Be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins. That's OferHeavensCakes in the Grand Cities Mall. And if you're looking for a cake job, well, they're hiring. Stop into OferHeavensCakes to ask about employment opportunities. <laughs> All right, let's get things going. Victor, I know you said you got a couple of uh, news items here for yes. the latest going on in the Hollywood world. A lot a lot of moving and shaking going yes. about. So we got, for the first one, we got the... Now, we, I don't know if we can show you, but of course, Aaron Taylor Johnson, who is a very... Pers- prestigious actor as he is. Um, he has worked a lot with Marvel, um, and he has also worked with Mark Miller, which is one of my favorite comic book writers with Kick-Ass, of course, and Kick-Ass too. Um, but he literally got jacked for one of my favorite Spider-Man villains, and I can't even believe when I saw this trailer, I was immediately just stoked and ready to go for Craven the Hunter. I was super excited about it because Craven is one of my favorite Spider-Man villains, and man, dude, he just got so jacked for this role. I can't believe he's actually wearing an animal pelt on him, just like they did in the comics. He was just vi- like visceral and violent and vicious, and just the- he brought the real animal out in him. And man, so, so what, what's like, the role for again? Which film? So this is for Craven the Hunter. This is for Alan, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. So if you don't remember who he is, uh, watch Avengers: Age of Ultron. He was Pietro, also known as Quicksilver. Or if you haven't seen him in anything else, go uh, to the new Godzilla movies. He was in that with Brian Cranston and, of course, uh, his co-star in the Avengers Age of Ultron movie, Miss Elizabeth Olsen, so, uh, of all the Olsen twins fan, so, and she's on, in her own little world, because she's uh, just as talented as her two sisters are, so, yes. Absolutely. And you said you had one or two other news items? Yes, and I'm also excited to say that we got the new cast for Superman Legacy. And man, the Man of Steel, literally, first this movie announcement, and then there was an anime, uh, of course, that was just released not too long ago with his name printed all over it. Uh, My Adventures with Superman, it is called, and it is on Adult Swim, very late at night. Um, But then, of course... Superman Legacy, I was kind of asking before the show, because there's so many super... Like you just mentioned, there's so many Superman projects coming out. This isn't the J.J. Abrams live-action film. No, this was supposed to be... So J.J. Abrams was supposed to do... uh, one and so was James Cameron. Unfortunately, uh, those did not verily worked out, and they were in uh, development hell. So that kind of sucks. But we got the new cast for them. Now it's funny because when I looked up the cast, uh, they <laughs> Henry, Henry Cavill was the first to pop. Oh up, no, which was sad. But I was like, you know what? He was Superman in all of our eyes. So the cast is uh, David, and hopefully I'm not butchering his name. His last name at least Karn Swell. A sweat. Um, hopefully, I'm not spoiling his uh, spoiling his uh, last corn name. Corn sweat. Corn yeah. sweat. Uh, corn, well, where was it? Corn. <laughs> corn. <laughs> it's very. Hopefully, I'm not butchering your last name. I am a great corn holio. <laughs> <laughs> And then eat TP. 
and and of course <laughs> Rachel Bosson, um, who is Lois Lane. Um, we got Peter Stat uh, Staffrin, um, and then of course that was pretty much it for the casting of uh, Lois and Clark. So uh, I'm very excited to see what they're going to bring to this table. Um, he. Oddly enough, this this new guy David, he's he's been in a couple of things. He's a British actor. Um, he was uh, in one of my favorite personal movies in a great sequel, of course. If you haven't checked out X, go please check it out on your streaming platforms. Uh, he he was in the movie Pearl, which was a sequel to X, which was very very amazing. Uh, shout out to A twenty four for making that movie because yeah. that was just brilliant. I know we always kind of we, we give A twenty four so much love here yes. on the show. They do. Very, very awesome, just prestige art house movies yes. or just movies that aren't your average uh, Formula 101. Because so. they kill it every yeah. time. They really bring it. Right. Victor, I understand we probably have some more news. You'll have some more news items for us later on yes. in the show. Yes, but this is all I wanted to say because number one, this was just on my feed and I had to like express my excitement because I'm ready to go, people. Like, if you thought summer movie madness was crazy, get ready for fall, winter because everything is coming. Coming out, and they're coming out with guns ablaze. They're not letting up for this next no, several not. months. No, they are not. They're ready to go. I guess you know. Speaking of summer movie madness, here we'll just kind of use that to segue into our first review for the show. Big, big release. This is probably one of the strongest summer movies uh, seasons in quite a few years. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Yes, the fifth Indiana Jones movie. I am. I, what Paul, I think me and you saw this uh, like opening day, and Victor, I know you said you saw it too. Yeah. Uh, gosh, much anticipated. I, I know the main talk going into it is how are they going to pull this off? We saw the trailers. I think we talked about it in shows. I think I got a picture for it too, kind of showing the comparison with uh, they had to have Indiana Jones in the current, like 80 years old in 1969, where the film primarily takes place, but there's an opening scene. That takes place at the end of World War II, 1944, where they use a ton of CG to make it look like vintage Raiders of the Lost Ark Indiana Jones. I think we have a picture in the back we can uh, yeah. we could use for the background that does a compare and contrast. You just see how, I think I, I titled it wide. You may need to scroll down a little oh, bit for it. Oh, yep. There we go. There's a corner. And then I got the main background picture, too. Uh... So, yeah, and then you can just see all just the crazy budget they put in for uh, this. Yeah, because you're like, how is this? You can't help but think all the CG effects they use to put in for. There we go. So I'll duck out of the way. Or actually, I think put on. I'll try try to move this down. Okay. Yeah, there we go. So you can see there in Indiana Jones there. That's literally from the film that just came out this year. They made it look like. I think this is, and that's not just a quick 30-second shot like with, you know, Paul Walker and Furious 7. This is, like, yeah, this is this is for, like, a good, what, 15-ish minutes for that opening scene? They use yeah. that CG? Oh, at least. Oh, yeah. and, and mind you, ladies and gentlemen, when Harrison Ford first took up the reins as Mr. Indiana Jones, he was 38 years old. So he really? was, yeah, he was like, 38 years what? old when he oh, did Raiders was what, 82, 83, yep. 81? Yep, right so around he, there? Was in, he was in yeah. his oh, almost mid to, mid to late oh, 30s. So he was still in his prime when he did the Raiders of the Lost Ark. And yeah. of course, you know, the rest so, of the Indiana hat, Jones. Hat, hats off to the. CG and tech people that probably work endless hours oh, for yeah. that 15 minutes to make them look like that. That is just... So, yeah, what, what did you guys think of this opening scene? It's 1944. They're making it look like, at first, the MacGuffin Indiana Jones is going after is the lance that slayed Jesus Christ on the cross. But 
uh, right away, Indiana Jones identifies it as a fake. And same with the not. Of course, it's Indiana Jones, and there's Nazis. And Nazis. Yeah, that was one of my favorite things. Right? Nazis. Nazis. Damn Nazis. Nazis. And every every one Nazis. of the movies is so funny. Too many Nazis. <laughs> but then we get introduced to uh, the archaeologist there, the doctor, and the ends up being the main villain for the film, Dr. Voller. Uh, he... Uh, I got something even better, and you get introduced to the film's main MacGuffin here, the Dial of Destiny, and yes. how it could detect fissures in time to allow time travel. Yes. So, what did you make of this opening film, where you get that, you know, that trademark swashbuckling action with Indiana Jones, get a train chase? I mean, it's like hitting all the check boxes you want to see for one last Indiana Jones adventure. Did, did it? Did it deliver just as just, the prior ones? Just classic Indy. Getting himself captured. And, of course, he always finds a way out of his debacles. Every time he even tries to think, or anyone thinks they have the upper hand on this guy, one, once you know it, he always has a trick up his sleeve. And, bam, it, every punch he gives. Mind you, when I first watched Indiana Jones when I was a kid, as, as most of us all did like when we were kids, I mean, Indiana Jones could do no wrong. Every punch that he gives a nod, Nazi or anybody, it's just not even just fooling around with you, just bam, 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 one, two, bam, another one, bam, and then you're just down for the count, and it's just a hard hit. Yeah, so. yeah you know, when we were talking about this after the movie, the one of the things that I thought was just like so good about this was the, the fact that it's not just a CGI sci-fi mm. green screen type of movie. I mean, it, it, you know, in a way it is, but, mm. but it's, it, it's so traditional Yeah, and it, and it brings you back to like how Hollywood movies used to be made yeah. and stuff. And I thought they did. I, I was going into this movie thinking that it was going to completely suck mm. and uh, I'm not going to lie. It, it's going to at least be in my top five for the year. I'm sure. I, I thought this movie was done fantastic mm. yeah i know we couldn't help but make a couple it was going through the back of my mind i think we made a couple of remarks just kind of during the movie we were like surprisingly this isn't sucking because right. i mean yeah. the, just the memories of crystal skull are just so f fresh all these years later but uh yeah and you know it's it's so crazy that this film just it, it, it really stepped up and then, i mean you also get introduced to in this opening train heist Indiana Jones' assistant that's just obsessed with the Dial of Destiny. And, you know, he's kind of, Indiana Jones is kind of hand-holding him across the train heist, too. You know, he's kind of pudgy, kind of kind of a bit up there in years. But he's running, dashing across the trains right on top with Indiana Jones there. And, uh, uh, and you know, they get in this big climatic chase, and they secure the Dial of Destiny. And then the film jumps about uh, 15 years later. Uh, 1969, Indiana Jones is, what, like, I think they say 80 or so, right around, like, his actual age. Yep. He's and uh, he's about to retire as a professor, and 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 you kind of get introduced to his goddaughter, Helena, and later on her cohort, uh, Teddy, I believe. Yep. Uh, and so what do you think about this, this introduction here? His goddaughter, his assistant's daughter, and, and like, she's just as swashbuckling oh. and ready for an adventure as Indy. So one thing that, um, you know, spoiler alert, but yeah. it's not really a big, big spoiler. I was expecting Shorty to make an appearance yeah, in this. That's which, what I thought, which, too. You know what she didn't. But when I saw the, the, the runtime of this movie of, you know, two and a half hours, you know, I was just like, how are they going to work uh, everything you know, in? Every movie like this, so you always can trim off the fat and make it so it doesn't have to be two and a half hours long. This movie. Yeah. I couldn't find a scene that you could trim yeah. the fat off yeah. of. It actually like, flew it, by. Yeah, yeah, it was like two and a half hours was like 
needed. Like literally. Yeah. They oh. cover so much because you're used to your average Indiana Jones movies. I want to say what hour forty five to maybe maybe two hours. Yeah. Uh, I don't got the numbers in front of me, but I think that seems about right. But and it was nonstop action. Yeah. I mean, it was just like the entire movie was just a roller coaster ride. That yeah. it was, and, yeah. and not any scene really overstays its welcome. It's like yeah. all right, for you know, we got this fifteen minute. Uh, 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 prologue and then you got you know they're in this you know indiana jones as a professor and meeting helena for like 15 minutes and you get some some introduction and some background for the villains and then they jump to another they start the globe trotting that you know indiana jones films are known for so 10 minutes here 10 minutes there and before you know it you're in holy crap we're already final act <laughs> yep. and the and the actual like final final act mm. uh you know people need to watch the original first indiana jones movie yes. If you do, the final scene yes. of this movie will bring it to your to your yes, eye yes. with him and Marion. Uh, Marion, because yes. yep. literally, I, I I couldn't believe when literally he was just waking up, and of course, who is in the kitchen? It's Marion, yeah. and I was like. Yeah, we, oh, we should probably, start, probably going to go into some more spoiler territory here for the next several minutes. So if you haven't seen it yet, the film's been out for almost two weeks. Yes. So just a heads up, next several minutes, we'll be diving into some spoilers here. I, I just got to say, you know, because knowing that when going into this movie, I immediately was so excited because it just brought you back to, of course, the original ones. Because they reference so much of the original trilogy in there. So, like, this first scene, when you see him going through the train, it's immediately going back to the last of the Crusades when he's just going as a kid, getting this jewelry from these guys, going through all the train cars. Now, mind you, there's no animals in here, and he doesn't have to fight off a lion with a whip. But it's just so crazy. Each scene will just give you, like, goosebumps and saying, like, oh, man, I remember that. Oh, that goes back to this or, uh, and throw back to this throw it, back to that and it's just so amazing and like paul said there was no slow down with any scene it was just non-stop action and they know how to, they know how to breathe too it's not just oh, yeah. it, there is a lot of action a lot of non-stop action but they know how to breathe they know when to sprinkle in dialogue here too okay let the film breathe you know yeah. have some background with the villains have some background with indiana jones and helena so we did get a chance to touch on her what do you guys think of helena's goddaughter she was she was a badass honestly mm-hmm. she reminded me of sigourney weaver Oh yeah, I can see, yeah, yeah, I can see like that a bit. original yeah. alien Sigourney Weaver yep. about, yeah. Yep. I can give I can see that. Yeah, she had this she had she, she had some moxie. Well, not only she had moxie, but the you know, she I love the fact that they didn't make her this oh, I can I'm woman hear me roar kind of like feminist crap that they do in most uh, female characters. They actually made her like she supported the male characters. She was all uh, all about like teamwork, and everyone was involved. No, yeah, the, she's just a straight up badass, and yeah. they didn't have to get any like you know just like preachiness about yeah. it. Exactly how Marion was in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, you know another thing that totally threw me for a loop, and I actually looked over at Dale and Roger, and I was like. Is that Antonio Banderas? Yeah, yeah that was him. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, yep, that's him. Yeah, an awesome, you know, yeah, he gets involved in the middle of the scene. They're, you know, they're trying to find the clues to find all the MacGuffins and all that. I think find more parts of the Dial of Destiny. They got to assemble it and make it complete. And but, who's running the boat? He says it's his old friend. I'm like, was he in the older movies? Because they said he was an old friend. And I don't know, maybe he was like in some side thing. But to the best of my knowledge, I can't recall he Antonio was Banderas. No, he was yeah. not. No, not he, but what a movies. pleasant cameo. I, was say, I don't think he was born. Or not really a cameo. Since. More like an ex- he's like in like a couple of scenes there for like a good well, you haven't half seen him hour in, or so. You haven't seen him in any movies lately. Yeah. So it was kind of yeah. cool. He still I, has it too. I was about to say, the last thing you saw him in was Doolittle. And that was pretty much it. But... But I do really want to uh, 
give credit to um, I don't know his name, which is terrible. Uh, but the the guy that was the villain. Oh yeah. Oh the, yes. The, um, Mads guy, Mickelson. Uh, J- uh, what is it? Doctor Voller, Mads Mickelson. Is that it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That guy has such a interesting face. Yeah. You know, and he does such a like everything that he's in. It's, yeah. He's always like. He's just really appealing. Yeah. I don't know what it is about the way that he acts or anything, but yeah, I mean, he just comes across as like the perfect villain. Yeah. He has that refinedness about him. I can see why they picked him to play uh, Hannibal in Hannibal Lecter, uh, the Hannibal Lecter series, because he just has this, like Paul said, he has this refined way about him. And, and he, he has, has that, that look, and that, he has that, yeah, that face with a facial structure. And, yeah. It's and like chiseled. Yeah. Makes he just. I just want to punch this guy. Right. <laughs> I want to punch him right in the face. He's being face. so slimy and <laughs> punch cold. And, yeah. So many of them. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, you just got the fact that he's playing. I, oh, gosh, yeah. So well, I watched a couple of mini behind-the-scenes interviews uh, from Press Junkins over the weekend, and they were talking about the director. Now, it's worth noting, I think we mentioned this in the preview on our last episode, this is not... Uh, uh, Spielberg directing as no. usual. This is instead uh, James Mangold, who did Logan, Ford versus Ferrari, Three Ten to Yuma. Very good and character. Just hearing he got some people he worked with before in here to play some uh, some characters. Yes, and uh, there I think he was talking to I think what was his name the uh, Oliver Richters. He's I think he's but, one of the heavy Nazis. I think in yes. here. By the way, yeah. all of those movies. Are great. Yes. Very, very brilliant director. So, yeah, he's he great. They got someone with a worthy pedigree to direct this yes. film. And, and for what it's worth, Spielberg and Lucas are executive producers. Yes. Nice. I there's like eight other producers on top of this. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of a big team effort, to say the least. But yeah, this uh, is, I, I, I'm assuming this is going to be the last Indiana Jones movie. That's, they, and I think said, that they did a really great job yeah. of mm. like sending it off without yeah. making it look like, you know, the skull. Bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> this this is the final Indiana Jones we want to remember. Uh, yeah, I thought they did a great way of wrapping it up, and I even thought they had a great way. They even found a way to uh, give a couple of uh, brief little you know quotes to explain why Shay LeBeau isn't in here recapturing his uh, role as you know Indiana Jones long last summer. Mm-hmm. Was a mutt? I think that was his name in Crystal Skull or. Well, he because he was a greaser. Yeah, he was a greaser, and uh, of course, then the Indiana Jones but and the Crystal Skulls. So they he, they explain why he's not in the movie. Yeah. I, th- I was kind of holding out for maybe some little cameo for him in here, but uh, uh, you know, they, I thought they kind of explained it well there. And I yeah. must have been in the bathroom for that part. I don't yeah. know. Well, a little, a little spoil. It's, it's actually not a really, major, it's, it's not, actually really sad. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, this isn't a major spoiler. I mean, it's just, it was just a quick. So, meanwhile, again, fast forward just a quick minute. But no, they just say, you know, he's, you know, Indiana Jones is grief stricken because he he wanted, you know, do you have any regrets? And he said, I shouldn't. I regret not making my son not enlist in Vietnam oh, War. Okay, so, yeah. and that was shy a little. Bit. Yep. Okay, because I didn't. I didn't put the the two and two together there for that because I couldn't remember the skull and bones one were. Whatever. Well, because it was funny because she had asked, you know, did he enlist to make you proud? He's like, no, he enlisted to piss me off. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, so that explains why he's not in the film. Uh, so uh, w- did you guys think there was any, you know, quote unquote, jump the shark moments in the various yeah. action? You know, you know, in Crystal Skull, we had the crazy fridge scene and then all the stuff with the aliens. But in here, did, was there one part? I mean, 
swashbuckling action is almost expected to have that but were did it anything that just took you out of the movie any like yeah right moments no not not one honestly if if i if i really if we want to go deep into it i i would think no not really it's just classic indie doing what he does i mean there was a lot of like yeah right moments in there but did it take you out of the film but no because i mean you know that it's not supposed to be like realistic. Yeah, you I mean, know it's Indiana Jones. Yeah, you know all the Indiana Jones they have. Like, you know when he sla- he snaps his whip and they all pull out their guns and start shooting. Yeah, and he ducks under the table and yeah. gets away. I mean it's like yeah okay whatever. Yeah, but, right. you, know. you kind of know what you're in for. Yeah, but, it's, enter- it's entertainment. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm, mean, I'm with you guys on the same boat. There wasn't once where oh yeah. I'm like, they even explain, they build up to it. And even with the Dial of Destiny, when that gets involved with some of the time traveling stuff, they actually explained how it worked leading up to it to where it doesn't, uh, you can be like, okay, I can see this is possible. And the way they, the way all was executed, I'm like, okay, this is, this is not taking me out of this. I am, I am invested. And I thought the whole payoff to it all worked great. And the thing too is, you know, as soon as I heard time travel, I was just like rolling my eyes, like, oh my God, here we go again. Mm. But they did a really good job with it. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't stupid. It was yeah. just you know, it, it was just part of the movie. I right. Guess, you know? <laughs> yeah. I also love that they threw in a lot of great catchphrases, like from the original trilogy, like "It belongs in a museum," or you know, and that was just like, oh my gosh, and the snakes, the yeah. snakes, or eels, Don't was say fantastic. that. <laughs> it's like it's snakes. Yeah. Don't Keeping say that. Keeping up the tradition of a new evil lizard or insect or just creepy crawly. We had spiders, snakes, yes. eels, the whole the whole gamut. Yeah, and, and the funny thing too. Um, so fun fact, if for those of you who did not know, in the original trilogy, uh, the blonde woman that you see in uh, Temple of Doom, she was dating uh, Mr. Steven Spielberg, of course, w- during the film. Now, when they did that scene, she, of course, was scared shitless when they did because this was there was no CGI back then. This was real hands-on filmmaking. So they put tons of bugs all over this woman, and she was freaking out. They had to give her, a, they had to give her drugs to calm her down, and so she was just in the set. All was like, "Hi, Stephen. Hi, everything. You ready to <laughs> oh, do this?" Yep, I am. And as, sure enough, they put real bug bugs all over her, and she just as, did the scene like a trooper. As another famous line in another movie: "Spare no expense." Exactly. <laughs> but spare no we, expense. We can go. Obviously, we can go on about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny forever. But safe to say, final verdict. Easy thumbs up. It's, I think oh, we already said this sounds like this is almost likely to be oh, in all of our yeah. top 10 films of the year at the end of the year, likely. Yeah. Hell yeah. Entertainment mm-hmm. beginning to end. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, was, I had nothing to complain about. It was just so sad to, to think that he's not going to be Indiana Jones no more. If, if you can, do not wait for this to hit the streaming service. If you're able, hire a babysitter. Catch us at the, at the cinema. Yes, this is definitely one that you want to watch yes. on the big screen. If you love Indiana Jones as much as we do, you yeah. need to see this movie. Yeah, you'll lose so much if you don't see it on oh, the big yeah. screen. Like, literally. All right. Moving on. Victor, you said you had one or two maybe uh, Marvel or DC updates for us. I know you said there's been a lot going on in the comic book world or cinema, TV-related Marvel DC stuff. Yeah, there's... uh, (laughs) This actually came across my feed, and... um, uh, we won't get so much into it because we have already – I think we've discussed a little bit about it. So they had said um, – there was a video I watched and they had showed uh, – it showed on my feed where they said the reason why Netflix, um, which was the most horrible idea they could ever do, selling 
three uh, what was it because it's jessica jones iron fist daredevil and of course luke cage so four of their punisher. like oh excuse me five excuse me yes punisher five of their of uh, big uh netflix specials of all marvel uh content to disney was such a bad idea was because when they first started this they wanted to focus on gritty of course grounded heroes now when they did this they immediately had a bunch of backlashes towards this and and um, it was just not a good look for them. And Netflix is already hanging by a thread. Probably the only thing that's keeping them even afloat, if I can say that, um, is Jennifer Lopez, uh, who just released The Mother uh, not too long ago. And, of course, their new ones that they're having all these Hollywood stars. For their big, you're talking about exclusive Netflix properties? Yeah, because they're, they're that's why they're hiring a lot of big stars, you know, like Jennifer Lopez, Ryan Reynolds, and many others who come on board and do their movie projects for them. Um, they even said that they were doing a, a bunch of uh international films as well which was crazy because i didn't think that they were going to do that like they used to um because they they really went hard back in i want to say 2010 with their in uh international productions uh, a lot uh, from China to uh, of course even uh, India a lot they did a lot of Bollywood films of course over there which well, is crazy was it a, I don't know if it was a Netflix exclusive property or maybe it just streamed here in this market but that's how I saw uh, RRR was on Netflix yes I, I think that pr premiered there or maybe had a small theater run beforehand yeah, or because yeah. they did a lot of Bollywood uh, productions of course since on their streaming platform a lot of them are and they're really really good I, I haven't uh, got dived in so much into the Bollywood, uh, at least not yet. Um, but I've seen a couple know, yeah. of Bollywood productions. RRR was amazing. Made my top 10, oh, 10 of the year for last year's list. Victor, I got a clarification follow-up for you. I know yes. we kind of talked about the Netflix Marvel shows before. Yes. You're saying that... Net that uh, Disney, that Netflix, even after the shows ended, they still had the rights to them all, but they, that Disney gave them a, a payout so they could air them on Disney yeah. Plus. So they, yeah, they gave I, them... I was always, always, always under the impression that whenever they would wrap up, they would have a... a, a from the news items I saw in the time a couple years ago was that whenever they would wrap up, they'd have a two-year exclusivity window on Netflix yes. before they would eventually be back allowed to, under the Disney umbrella to wherever they see fit. But that was not the case. They still had to yeah. accept a, a payout from Disney to, yeah. so Disney could have the rights to air them. Yeah, because they did this with Lucas as well, uh, Lucas uh, Films as well. So they gave them at least a little bit of a buyout. So they gave them a little way out. Um, unfortunately, they did not take it. Uh, which was really, really bad on their part. Um, and so they were like, well, we're, we're comfortable. You know, we, we know that Marvel is your thing, um, but we, we just wanted to make these productions as gritty and amazing as possible and realistic as possible. And it, the weird thing oh, is... Yeah, I loved them. I absolutely... I kind of oh, yeah. thought, I'm like, okay, this is the home of them for like the kind of the hard PG-13 mm. or light R, you know, Marvel shows. And mm. then even Hulu had, a, before they became more owned by Disney, well, had, the, their, well, had these a couple like of their, light. Well, these weren't light at all these yeah. were like hard yeah, hard, hard, hard yeah. Yeah. but the only thing was is that and the only reason i didn't count uh punisher on there was because it was weird they only lasted uh to, well, they said there were only lasted two seasons on that show because there were more. He f was more on Daredevil than he was on his own show, which was kind of crazy. But at the same time, I thought, well, since they were going to cross over anyway, kind of made sense. So. Any other Marvel DC stuff before we move on here? Um, the the last one I have, um, of course, is a new Spider Man outfit. Of course, uh, for the new Spider Man. Now, of course, we have the 
classic blue and red, but this one is a little bit more different. Um, he is more blue at the top as he is red on the bottom of his... Uh, of is this in the comics? or Yes. So he, of course, got a new costume. A lot of people are not so much digging it, just like, the, uh, of course, the Punisher with his new uh, attire. Um, now you have to remember, of course, he was working for the hand at the time, so his skull logo, of course, went a little extremer than you, know, you were used to seeing him in the comics of the 80s and 90s. Um, so, yeah, this new Spider-Man outfit, it's pretty, you know, standard issue, blue, red. Not so much the webbing on there anymore. I know that is a little disconcerting to a lot of Spider-Man fans, me included. But this is a new Spider-Man outfit. It's not like we haven't seen this before from many of his other outfits that he has worn from the future to the present. So. But you're still warming up to it then. I am. And, you know, it doesn't look bad, honestly, um, from what he is... <laughs> From what he has worn in the comics before, like when he joined the Fantastic Four, he was wearing a paper bag on oh, his gosh. head. So. I always remember the black suit Spider-Man being yes. being a bit shaking things up a bit, but in a good way. Yes. Has uh, there ever been, a, I guess, question for the table, like a superhero outfit change that you're like, whoa, what what happened here that really that either won you over or you're like, I'm not feeling this? <laughs> I will say the, the only one I wasn't big on was probably the one where... Uh, what was it when they, when Marvel uh, went to the swimsuit uh, issue? So this is for the uh, for quick synopsis. This was for um, you know the swimsuit issue that they did back in the early nineties, um, and it was pretty really bad. It's like Punisher, of course, was jacked as he is, but of course he had a skull, of course, on the bottom of his bikini line, and uh, the girls, of course, you know, like Storm had lightning bolts on. on during her. like the mid nineties extreme. <laughs> Face. Yeah, yeah, and it oh. was it was very it was very unique. Uh, but of course, it was the '90s, man. It I was know. the extreme phase. The one so. for me, I would have to say, is when DC did the new Fifty Two relaunch. Uh, I was gonna say the, that one too. The, I was gonna the. But you didn't, I didn't say which one. There's 52 options. Well, the, well, <laughs> the only one is because I, they... I'm they guessing did. we're both thinking of the action comics version of Superman. Yeah. I, you know what? And I didn't care for... The, the thing I didn't care for okay, was... Now, they, before you elaborate, can I at least explain this? Oh, the no, go, go, switch? go, go, go uh, ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead so go ahead. This, the reason why this shook things up was because they put Superman... I think this was just for the action comics Superman, not yeah. all the other various titles, but they put Superman in jeans and work boots and a mini cape. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, it definitely... It it shook things up. It got people talking. <laughs> well, it was because, of course, you know, he's a farmer from Kansas. So you got to gotta give him, of course, that that farmer boy look, of course, you know, never going away from his roots. But oddly enough, when Superboy, of course, uh, of course, donned this look, but he didn't have a cape. He had a black shirt on, standard S, uh, which was red. And, of course, he didn't have the standard superpowers that, uh, of course, his mentor had. He was a clone of him, so he refused to go all out. Paul, any certain superhero look or costume change from your Time Reading comic books that really stood out to you for over the years? Uh, well, he kind of put me on the spot there. Um, it's okay. No, there's I, a lot it, of them. Oh, gosh, yeah, there's yeah, so many. There's We're talking so about some of the Spider-Man ones, and then, you know, X-Men had a lot of classic uh, costume changes with Wolverine going from what was it the orangish light orange uh, to the iconic yellow and black. So okay, yeah, because you're talking about the, there was the a giant brown, size well, X Men switch yeah, over there. He had a brown because he had a brown one, of course. Yeah. When Frank Miller did the, he had a I brown. Guess I guess like suit. orange. Yeah, I guess you say it was a brown. Well, the one thing, I guess the one thing that uh, irritates me is when they made the X Men movies, Cyclops. You know, he always had the visor like Jordy mm. from Star Trek, mm-hmm. and then. They gave him like sunglasses. 
was yeah. like, that doesn't make I think, any yeah, they're trying to extreme yeah. up the X-Men in that for those first couple X-Men movies with the black leather suits and all that. I know they're probably still running high off. I, I chalked it up, too. They're running high off the Blade movie success. Well, the first Matrix movie hit around that time. Well, the, Leather was in. I, the reason I, that it, 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 it irritated me is because when you look at Cyclops in the comic books, when he's got that, and you know, he's the leader of the mm-hmm. team, he, he almost is kind of looks like Superman in a way, you know, with, like without a cape. He's mm-hmm. got kind of that... Big stature, you know, but he's got his big visor, mm. and, you know. But then they just kind of made him look at like a like a college kid in the yeah. movies, and that yeah. that really irritated me. Yeah, yeah, I think I think because of course they they wanted to go back to when he was young. He he had to wear glasses because if he didn't, um, you bad see stuff happened. Yeah, like <laughs> catastrophicness would well, occur. But my point though is, I mean, in the le- the latest one. You know, they kind of did it a little bit better. Yeah. But, you know, like having this, these sunglasses on, like this guy is shooting like a giant beam out of his face. Yeah. Those would go flying off. Yeah. If he was wearing those. Like, that's why you need that full head. I, yeah. I think in my head canon, I told, because I think besides the movie, I think in like the the comic books and like in the cartoon series, he, when he was in out of costume, he yeah. had... He didn't have a visor on. He had shades, I yeah, believe, yeah, for yep, the most part. Yeah, he had shades I think on. in my head canon, I just told myself... You know, because those thoughts ran through my mind, too. Uh, but I just told myself as a kid, you know, I bet Professor Xavier hooked him up with some, some special shades that kind of go around yeah. his eyes just right. Yeah. You just can't see the fine detail of it in the comics. But, yeah, because yeah, he's, he's learned to control it over the years, and it, it hasn't, because usually when people... It loses... Like, I, I, th- I, thought, I thought it lost its power. Like, you should have that huge mm-hmm. thing on his face to contain mm-hmm. the amount of power that's being... Un- projected out of his eyes mm. oh yeah I hear and then you. you put on the sunglasses and it's like well now he looks like a weakling so, <laughs> yeah you know but uh yeah very interesting choices there but we should move on here we gotta give a shout out to our next sponsor here we gotta give some love to northwest tire of grand forks located in gateway drive they're actually looking to hire a front front counter salesperson where you get to work with customers writing up work orders get to deal with selling tires taking inventory of them Pay does depend on experience, but they have all kinds of great benefits like PTO, health insurance, 401k, and so much more. Uh, for more information, give Chad Hoff a call at 701-780-8473 or apply online, nwtire.com. And Northwest Tire, they do so many great things, too, besides just your standard oil changes and car repairs. They took care of my vehicle. I think I mentioned it last a couple weeks ago. I ran into a big jam. There were some shocks going out of me and gave them a call, and luckily they were able to squeeze me in there right, right before close. So, yeah, yeah, Northwest Tire cannot recommend recommend them enough located on gateway drive in grand forks check them out northwest tire of grand forks they always keep you rolling down the road before we move on there's just i because i just want to sit talk about this really quickly because cyclops is one of my favorite superheroes same um just for one reason alone the guy if without the visor, like let's just take that away and just yeah. say it's a soup, like his power is like he can blow that beam of light out of his eyes. Mm-hmm. So he's not blind. No, he's not blind. But if he opens his eyes, yeah. he will kill and destroy <laughs> anything that he looks at. Yeah. And so he's like a, a walking a, apocalypse. I, I mean, to have that, like you'd have to have that kind of restraint to say, like, it, you know, like I said, if you go back to. Not having that visor, yeah. And if this was like a real life scenario, mm. think of it like a kid that okay, I want to open my eyes, mm. but if I do, yeah, I'm gonna destroy yeah. anything that I look at. 
I mean, that is Second. that is a that is a really crazy concept that yeah. they came up with for that, and mm-hmm. I, I think that that is just genius. That's why I felt bad for his family, just because him and his brother they have such power, like literally their powers. That's why they're such very high-level mutants. Their powers could literally destroy dozens of civilizations if they wanted to. Because I've seen Cyclops literally in the third X-Men movie, Last Stand. I love when they did when he's at the rock and he's thinking about Gene and Gene's in his head. And he just yells at the sky and he just takes his sunglasses off with such ferocity that literally, like Paul said, just like... It just literally goes through a river. I'm like, dang. Or even playing as Cyclops in those classic... X-Men fighting games yeah. that were released over the years. You, you do the super, they call it the super hyper combo in the yep, games. And draw. Cyclops, when you cast his super big combo, he just, you know, he it's like a screen-filling visor beam attack. It yeah. takes up the entire screen, and it's just, just really stands out. Not yeah. even Juggernaut can stand up to that. Yeah. <laughs> that can anyway, stop the anyway, Juggernaut. Anyway, but, moving on. Yeah. I, I just think it's a really cool concept. <laughs> okay. I guess speaking of things that could destroy things uh, in Apocalypse, uh, how about asteroids? That's That could be yes. something that destroy th- things. Uh, we're talking about Asteroid City, the new Wes Anderson movie. That's our next review here. Yes. Hit theaters a couple weeks ago, and Victor, I know uh, you're we're, you're kind of on the fence. You, you had, you're thinking this may not come to the local theater in town but luckily it did i was so surprised i honestly was so surprised i i absolutely was just shocked i guess for those that don't know uh you know wes anderson he has a very deliberate style he's just a big cult favorite uh the the synopsis for this one to set things up it follows a writer on his world famous fictional play about a grieving father who travels with his tech obsessed family to a small rural Asteroid City, that's the name of the city, to complete to compete in a junior stargazing event only to have his worldview disrupted forever. And I believe this takes place in 1950. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Wes Anderson, he's, and it, they kind of have the narrator kind of introducing the scene every several scenes. Mm-hmm. You'll actually hear uh, or like the writer kind of guiding you through him writing this play about mm-hmm. his life. Mm-hmm. And uh, what did you think of a setup for that? That's kind of a little. Uh, that... I thought that was so amazing. Like, and, and yes, that is Mr. Is that Tom T- Hanks. That yep. is Mr. Tom Hanks. Thanks. That is the great Mr. Tom Hanks. Wes Anderson has a lot of connections. He he'll get big actors for a yes. lot of his movies. Uh, I kind of got the cast list there just to do just small bit parts or small supporting roles, periphery roles. So yeah, you got Tom Hanks playing the dad, uh, Jason uh, Schwartzman's character there. You can see they're Who doing. Who is a huge collaborator with Wes Anderson. And then, like, yeah, just the cast list here too. You could see, I, I mean, you got Scarlett Johansson. She's one of the main roles as, uh, as like kind of like the love interest. She plays an actress who just happens to be residing uh, temporarily there in Asteroid City. And then we got uh, we we got Schwartzman, as you can see there. He's like the main, you know, the grieving father yep. with the family trip there. And then you got Tom Hanks as his dad. And then you also got so many other actors. Edward Norton's like one yeah. of the small parts there too, in the kind of the cutaways to the. To the uh, uh, to the parts in between with the writer there, kind of setting up all the scenes and a few other uh, big actors here, just in small yeah. little parts. <laughs> but literally, they they and and they may be small parts, but they every great actor, as they've always done with their own movies, they've always shined, whether big or small. They've always shined in every role they've done. And of course, the narrator, of course, or the host in this case, who is played by the always fantastic Mr. Brian Cranston, who just, just, knocks, just knocks it out of the park. I love him. I absolutely love that man. Yeah. He's, he's funny, but his politics suck. Margot Robbie. <laughs> always <laughs> politics. Mar- Margot Robbie has a small part. Steve Carell has 
as some little parts throughout as a, as a tightly wound hotel clerk. Want to buy real estate from a vending machine? You can do it in in, in uh, Asteroid City. Yep. So how about the vending machines of Asteroid City? Oh, my City? gosh, man. The vending machines were crazy. Buying real estate from a vending machine, why didn't anybody else think of that, honestly? And, and you know, it's interesting. You know, they kind of capture that 1950 look. One of the opening shots of the film is they kind of have – we were talking about it on our last show a couple of weeks ago. Wes Anderson, one of his one of his uh, trademarks is the very very intentional panning shot, yes. very oh slow panning shot, and they get this very oh. very slow gradual three sixty degree panning shot God. of Asteroid City, oh. like population seventy six. And if you think of like small towns from nineteen fifty, you got the you you have that fifties diner with like oh yeah. ribs twenty cents, so milkshakes. Lime, cherry, strawberry, 50 cents, and uh, fresh hamburgers or free ice water, oh. all those crazy things. And and then it just as it very slowly goes around the town to set you up for this vibe for, okay, we're getting this 1950s style. Uh, yeah, so what, what did you think those opening scenes setting you up for? And then you meet you, you meet Schwartzman's character with the, the and, and his kids just kind of getting ready for the adventure they're in for. I, I love the I, I love the fact and 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 I gotta tell you guys I love I love Wes Anderson. The first Wes Anderson movie I ever saw was of course the Royal Tenenbaums. And my gosh, just every movie that that man's ever done, the way he moves the camera, the way he puts his like his actors. The setting up for this movie was just brilliant in the fact that you have a grieving father. They just lost their mother, of course. And of course, explaining death to these children is it, it's funny. And it's also dry because I like Paul, who who loves dry. I love dry humor. And Wes Anderson is known for his dry humor. And the fact that it's so awkward, but yet it's like it's so relatable because it's just it's just when you when you deliver a line, it's like it's like saying, you know, my mother just died. Yeah. And it's just nothing but pause, silence and let it drag on. And then. Then the big reveal. The wine simmer. Yeah, yeah, and then it just keeps going, and then it's just like, okay, where do we move on from here? <laughs> so the big, the, the awkward silence. Yes, that's what a lot of people lack. Yes, and it's just like it's so perfect every time. It's like watching The Office, but on like level like twenty, and it's so powerful. So I love it. The main thing that sets up this movie is you know they're in town for this science fair, the stargazer competition, and during the middle of it, uh, there's an alien visit yes. to, uh, I guess, I don't know, abduct or steal the, like, small asteroid bit that's the big showpiece for the city. Yeah. And and so then you get, you know, that that's it. It's just a quick in and out. And, and then there's all this resulting aftermath, like a bunch of investigators. They place the town in quarantine. Uh, How do you like how things unraveled from there? I love the fact that the military, when they came in, this, this I love how Wes Anderson cast, like he gets these incredible ch- child actors. And this Asian kid, he's such a rebel. He just doesn't give two single fucks about anything he's like i will take this to the tribute uh this is a mockery the truth must be told don't apologize for them dad the truth must be told and he just fights them on every like like even you'll see a scene in the movie where of course he had to call one of his friends at the newspaper where he works at the school newspaper and this military guy's just looking at him and what and what he does was he's like I, he's like, it's urgent, I swear. And, of course, the guy just gives him the gun. He gives him his own gun, and then he goes in the booth, puts the quarter in, and just is like, okay, it's for you. <laughs> 
What the hell, yeah. man? I love the way it. they do some of these shots in here are just you only get them for Wes Anderson movies, and they only make sense. It seems like in Wes Anderson movies, uh, I really like the how they build the little odd but fitting chemistry and romance with uh, Scarlett Johansson's character and uh. Schwartzman's character. Uh, and, and just the way things just go from there. Um, so, what would you say? By the way, this all wraps up. By the way, you know, the, you know, the way the government involves and gets out of there. Uh, how would you think this uh, compares to previous Wes Anderson films? Just at the top of his game, he never slows down, and that's why. Even, even I think he he's always been the king of indie. He's always been the king of indie. There's never been a time where he's, yeah, he's in ever, that top tier. Yeah, he has never ever slowed down. And mind you, ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot of great indie filmmakers. You know, even those who are mainstream now, like Mr. Tarantino and of course Spike Lee and many others. But Wes Anderson, whenever you think of indie man, you think of Wes Anderson. So. And he's and you know, he does these movies with very small budgets. Yes. Uh, and, but he's still so he's so beloved in Hollywood that he gets like eight to ten big actors for literally, every film he does. That that will work for just fractions of what they're used to. Like literally, even Jeff Goldblum amazing man that he is not even in the movie for like you'll see him like in a second of the film yeah blink and miss it like literally and he's like i'll do it just because of wes (laughs) you know just because it's wes anderson (laughs) absolutely so safe to say safe recommendation with this one oh absolutely i i absolutely love this film and i know paul of course there's a scene with scarlett johansson i know he'll go freaking wild for it so you you have you got my attention you have you have to see it if you because if (laughs) all of us love scarlett johansson's go scar joe because she's always rocking but this movie like she literally, you'll, you'll love it. You cannot watch this with children. It is a rated R movie, so do not watch it with kids around. Uh, wait till the kids go you to know, bed, that, then watch I it. I got introduced to Scarlett Johansson like, when I, she really made an impact on me. It was the movie with Bill Murray. Yes, and, Lost in Translation. Well, it, that wasn't a Wes Anderson film. No, that was uh, Sofia Coppola, who is the daughter of That's great a great filmmaker. Great movie. Lost in Translation is a great movie. I love that. That's one of my favorite movies of all time, literally. This, him, her, and, and Bill Murray. That's when you see her in her prime. Yeah, like literally Ooh. like... So like 10, 15 years back or so? Or? Yeah, that was yeah. literally... And of course, another indie giant as she is... Miss Sofia Coppola, I love her movies. And Scarlett Johansson has always been a huge collaborator with her. And like Paul said, yes, that was when she was literally in her prime. That's why she needs to do more indie films because she's a great actress. Like literally, oh, yeah. the first time I actually got introduced to her, like Paul, was actually uh, my brother. My I disagree. Brother, I think pig. she should get into OnlyFans. No, then it will ruin her. <laughs> it will ruin her. Don't ruin her. <laughs> Don't oh, go that man. route, ScarJo. Well, You're better than that. Well, we, I'm sure we could just uh, <laughs> say many great things about Scarlett Johansson here. Don't oh, ruin her. But uh, we got to keep things moving along. We got to take things to the, to the arena where only gladiators yield mighty jousting sticks. We're talking, oh. <laughs> we're talking about the new American Gladiators uh, docu-series, limited series, just five parts. It's called Muscle and Mayhem, the Unauthorized Story of American Gladiators. Paul originally turned me on to this on, uh, I got a text from him like about a week or so ago. He's like, dude, there's a really great Netflix documentary on American Gladiators. You got to check it out. And I'm like, I grew up with American Gladiators. That is, that show is legendary. I'm almost all the way through it. It's just five episodes. I'm like through, almost through four episodes. And, oh, shoot. We lost our camera. Oh, we lost our camera. So, oh, I think you just got to maybe... Drag that guy down a little bit, or you just uneyeball it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess we'll just yeah. You know. 
on yeah, eyeball. That's just an animated. Yeah. Oh, oh, where did everybody? Oh, everybody just oh, did. Wow. Did you? Okay. You may have accidentally oh, eyeballed yeah, the you camera. Know what I did. Yep. You're yeah. Right. There we that's, go. It's really small. The, the only bad thing about this OBS is, yeah, the text, this new, uh, going back to OBS is, yeah, the text is a little bit on the smaller side. So while Paul figures that out, I'll set the stage here. So American Gladiators, for those... Unfor- I got it. Oh, hey, there Ooh, we are. We're back. We're there back. We yeah. There we are. So American Gladiators, for those that don't remember, it w- ran from 1989 to 1996 in its original run. It was, uh, it was actually... Found out on this documentary. I thought maybe this was staged. No, this was legit competition. They would get these big, jacked-up bodybuilders. They called them American Gladiators. Gave them fancy names, a little bit of a character, kind of like wrestlers. But uh, and they take kind of not like average shows. They they were kind of they were tra- they were athletic and they had some muscle tone, but they weren't jacked up uh, bodybuilders no. to go against uh, these gladiators in all kinds of athletic events. Like the the main, I think, uh, standout one was a joust where they stand on two pedestals. Take these big jousting sticks and yes. try and knock each other off the pedestal or other ones like the human the human cannonball where they yes. c- go off a bungee cord at a gladiator at full speed and the gladiator would have this like a, a little mini shield to protect them to see if they can knock them off the big uh, pedestal and oh, yeah yeah the tennis ball game where yeah. you're shooting and they had to avoid <laughs> the tennis balls <laughs> favorite gladiator event and then also the the big rolling cages where yeah. they would have to try to you know, roll each other out yeah the gladiators was Loved it fun as a to, kid. Fun to watch. Yeah. And Rolling then the, the, the big death. final event, the Eliminator. Oh, a series yeah. of events that they had to try and beat a time limit on. And, yeah. So I grew up with this. Absolutely loved it. Had some of the toys they showed in the documentary here, too. And they interviewed so many past gladiators in here. Uh, Gemini, Zap, Nitro, Laser, Ice, Blaze. Some of the showrunners, the directors behind the scenes. Uh, yeah. They cover the... I, well, at least the four episodes I got to, uh, they I got through up about to like the fourth season, I think, is where episode four leaves off. And they kind of, wh- what did you think about, I, I never really looked into the history of how it got started. Like the, the humble beginnings, like with that pilot, they said the pilot shooting the pilot was like a disaster. So many production issues, like bad working conditions, but they pretty much had to put a lot of uh, behind the scenes uh, post-production sweetener to it and shorten it up to make so they only see the nice action shots so it looked plausible for just like the very last studio company to give them a small order of episodes so what did you think of how that all played out well I, you know I, I never really knew the history behind it until watching this documentary because I you know I grew up watching the gladiators like you did and you know like zap like like oh my god she's so hot I was watching this documentary it was kind of disappointing to find out that she was a lesbian <laughs> But I mean, hey, hey, the other the other girls out there, yeah. they're they're having a good time. Right. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the, the the thing that uh, was really interesting is that you know it was a good platform because like one of the the guys like he got injured so he couldn't you know go on to his like professional football career or something like that, and so this was another platform to be able to still have your athleticism and and try to do something. Mm. But this show set the wave for so many things that you see yeah. now i mean competition fear, shows fear yeah. factor mm-hmm. wipeout yeah i mean the list goes on like these were like the originators of yeah. it yeah and and watching this it was so cool because look, uh, obviously there was a lot of you know roided out 
Make the, gla- it- the gladiators were probably like roided out of their minds. Oh, ama- yeah. amazing! So, yeah, surprise! <laughs> they they were partying hard behind the scenes. Surprise! <laughs> but <laughs> but the thing that I, I I thought was so interesting, and uh, I think it was Nitro is the one that was kind of the main focus of this documentary. But talking about uh, you know the the show started out with them being as gladiators, and then they started to eliminate the gladiators mm-hmm. and just started to use the contestants, kind of like you see in Fear Factor. Yeah. But then all of a sudden the ratings started to drop mm. because you didn't have the gladiators anymore. They didn't have that appeal of, yeah. you know, like the... The, the, the muscle, the, the meat yeah. in the era of Schwarzenegger and Stallone. Yeah. Exactly, you know, or like wrestling. You know, like you have your, your favorite star that you want to follow, mm. and they kind of like eliminated them, and yeah. they talk about that, and they're like, yeah, we all got totally rude and we were the ones that originated it and then they eliminated us and then the show completely tanked yeah so it was yeah it was a big you know it was like a big risk reward going with contestants as big jacked up like because they said the first season like was almost all they were almost the same size as the gladiators the contestants the challengers but they said like the gladiators are doing so many shootings and taking so many just big hits from like these similar sized or even bigger sized contestants that like so many hits in all these jousting events or all these various kind of battles that it was taking a toll on their bodies. Yeah. <laughs> so which, that's which why I they don't blame them. Man. That's why they want the and, and kind of go for the kind of like the Hollywood good feeling David versus Goliath kind of. That's yeah. like a that's like a proven success formula. So and every time you see one of the challengers, you know, actually win or so, be like, all right, this I want root for this guy. They knocked this guy off, and they answered one of my age old questions. I remember from American Gladiators. He was only on the first season, but Malibu, I remember all these years later, I remember watching this going in, I was like, I wonder if they'll answer the age-old question why Malibu sucked at Human Cannibal. I remember him always getting knocked off. I'm like, this guy sucks at this one. And he's like super jacked, and they actually go into it. And I'm like, I think poor Nitro throws Malibu under the bus. He's like, he can't take a hit. <laughs> but, I mean, have you seen how big that man is? I mean, yeah. that guy was huge. He was like, his shoulders were like two little baby heads. Yeah. Like, that's how big that man was. He was like jacked and you and you wouldn't think because like even uh for fun fact another fun fact is that um now this is later of american gladiators when they had moved because terry cruz was on american gladiators but this was a really yeah he was um because he was a football player when was he, he a gladiator or a challenger or? he was a gladiator but he only was on it for was he was he on it when they brought it back for the relaunch in the early mid 2000s yes with hulk hogan yeah and then uh, of course he he then got booted off i don't i I don't think they ever gave a reason why. I don't even think he gave a reason why, which was kind of weird because he just come off a football because he like, and that's what I, like Paul said, I love the fact that they give these just these jacked up guys, like because they, you know, get hurt or injured from like football or, you know, hockey or whatever, they get a second chance at life yeah. to do something work more around athletic. their, yeah. work around their injury. I know wrestling, that's another great venue. Yeah. Just no, they can't play football at the high level with that injury, but yeah. you know, gladiators or other reality based competition shows wrestling great alternate avenues paul uh i i didn't get a chance to finish i still got like one and a half episodes left did they touch on the 2000s relaunch of american gladiators when they brought it back just for like two years no they didn't even they didn't even talk about not even acknowledge they they got they they got they got some ill will towards the the relaunch uh i I think oh and there's a lot of ill will from the gladiators because they all talk a lot of dirt they got they got yeah they got thrown under the under yeah. the rug on everything for that. The guy that founded it, mm. he was all about money. He didn't yeah. give a shit about them. 
Yeah, they talk about some of the like the bat like they weren't getting royalties. They had to step up to get royalties from like the merchandise and like just like the paying conditions. And eventually, hey, when, when they took the American Gladiators on the road, I had no idea about American Gladiators going on the road. You know, like wrestling going on the road, like doing non televised shows. When American Gladiators got so big, about halfway point in the show, they were like doing they were touring on like a wrestling schedule, like almost three hundred dates a year. Yeah. And then they were like a little ways into it, and they're like, hey, can we get some extra Gladiator bodies? We're our Bodies suck right now. <laughs> which, which I, I have no bad. idea about that stuff. I felt so bad for them because I'm like, you know, it, it, I can see why they did like documentaries like this and Dark Side of the Ring because, I mean, you put those guys through hella bad situations. And I'm talking about these were jacked up dudes who were put in shitty situations. There were these guys who were just about, like Paul said, they're just about money. And they didn't give two shits about any of these guys. These guys were like here to work and beat up and whatever. And the thing was, is I'm surprised they didn't go back there and beat the shit out of this guy and take the money for themselves and then be out. What, what I, you know, I, I just thought about this right now, but you know what I'm surprised is that Ed McMahon didn't take this franchise over. That's what I thought, too. I honestly thought he was going to take it over, but I was like, I think he had other ideas yeah. <laughs> in his mind. So. That's a clearinghouse guy, right? I think. Or yeah. no, maybe I gave my, my McMahon's mixed up there. Isn't that owns WWE? No, Vince McMahon. Oh, Vince McMahon. Yeah. I knew what he was talking about, yeah. too. So I was like, yeah, I, I know saying, what he was talking Ed about. Is Ed McMahon the, like... I think that's the price is right. That's Bob Barker? Or wait, or that owns prices right, or I, who I, knows, whatever. Potato, but, potato. <laughs> but yeah, but I'm surprised Vince McMahon didn't Gosh, yeah. purchase American Gladiators. And, Gosh, with, yeah. and with his, uh, I wonder who owns it now. Yeah. Nobody, yeah. out of business. Yeah, but <laughs> but yeah, I'll see how that all wraps up. But yeah, I thought they they did great at getting access to the actual Gladiator footage on the show, and then just getting access to the many Gladiators and behind the scenes crew they interviewed throughout. And I really like. You see, for people watching the video version of the show, they got a nice animated uh, sequence behind us here. They use a lot of great little Family Guy-type animation sequences with the gladiators for some of the uh, kind of flesh out the stories when they're telling classic behind-the-scenes stories or jokes or pranks they played on each other. I really like the use of the animations in here. Yeah, yeah, no, they did a great job. And I, you have it in my quick, take is quick takes here, but actually I want to talk about this while we're talking about it because I just spent, I don't know, eight hours watching this show on Netflix called... Um, 100 physical or physical 100. What was it called here? Yeah, physical 100. And it's a Korean show. And it's basically like American Gladiators. Mm. And I mean, but the show is so crazy how it's like modern day American Gladiators mm. because they're taking like TikTok influencers and you know, all these like people that are like big bodybuilders and, mm. and basically the premise of it is they have a hundred competitors mm. and they take a sculpture of like their body and for like the ultimate physique. And then, <laughs> and then it's geared kind of like squid games uh. where all these contestants, they go in front of this big eyeball and it's very Orwellian. The eyeball tells them, what your next contest is going to be. And so they're all trying to compete to be like the most physique, best athlete, whatever. And they're, I mean, like you see some of these guys that are just like so roided out Mm. and you watch them just completely fail, Mm. you know, 
Because, you know, they, I mean, they look completely just like huge, but they're, then they're like, all right, well, this competition, you're going to have to like hold this thing over your head. Oh, and they're just, you know, the roided out ones, they just, they just drop. Yeah. And they're also going against women. But like I said, they, they are doing this competition like Squid Games. Mm. And they even acknowledge that in the show. Like the this is our inspiration. The, <laughs> the contestants are like, I feel like we're in Squid Game. Like, are we going to die? You know, <laughs> but it's, it's so interesting to watch the show because, you know, if they get eliminated, they got to uh, destroy their torso sculpture that they made and say that, you know, you're gone. Make the, a big, uh, big ordeal about it yeah, for the theme of the show. The one thing that was frustrating for me is that they would team make teams. Mm-hmm. And so if one team lost, mm-hmm. Well, then everybody on that team would go. So that wasn't actually really like um, seeing who is the most athletic person because you could have the most athletic person, but if he lost because he was on that team, then he's he's automatically out. But they would put him through just like, unlike American Gladiators, where it would be like, you know, you have to try to knock somebody out of the ring. They would put him through like endurance challenges where... Okay, you're going to, it was like one of the last ones was like the dumbest thing. It was so simple. I mean, mm. I mean, brilliant. I, how much money can you make off of something so stupid? Mm. They had a triangle with three contestants. Yeah. And they would have to do, we called them lines in basketball, mm. you know, where you have to go from line to line. Yeah. And there would be a bell at each end. And so they'd have to run, ring the bell, run back to the other end, ring the bell. And then they'd keep shortening the amount of time. These people are doing this for like an hour. I think they did like 130 lines before, you know, and and they're just waiting for, you know, each one of them to collapse. And so it's, you got three people and they're just going back and forth, running, sprinting. And mostly having all kinds of adrenaline levels going to survive that endurance challenge. Yeah. And yeah, it's just crazy. Just like I said, the one with the, you know, like they had to hold this big boulder above their head. Yeah. Well, the the guy that looked like he was going to win, win this huge roided out, huge dude, he Mm. was gone in like 10 minutes. And then this other guy, that was just this big guy. And the, this other guy on the other team, two hours, they held this thing up above their head. Yeah. Uh. And, and you know, and I, I, I felt sorry for the roided out guy because mm. he's a TikTok star. You, you, you would see him if you knew him. Mm. And it's just like, dude, you, you're not athletic at yeah. all. And I, I, and I would think after the show, he would probably be like, didn't have the conditioning for it. Well, and he's there with his wife too because his wife is like also kind of the TikTok star. Mm. I mean, imagine going back home and just being like. You know, didn't work I, out. Yeah. They they could hold that thing for t- two hours. I could only hold it for ten minutes, and I look so incredibly huge yeah. and blah blah blah. And his wife would probably be like, "You're a chump." Yeah, you know, yeah. like you're a fake. You're a phony. Mm. So what's that show called again? It's on Netflix. You said, "Yep, uh, one hundred. Uh, what was it again? Uh, physical one hundred. Physical one hundred. Yeah, but you got it's in subtitles, you know, because it's a Korean show. But yeah, the, but the thing is, that, like, they're also vain too. Mm. Everybody's going in there like, yeah, I got the best physique. I'm the yeah. I'm the most athletic person in here. Blah blah blah. And it, yeah, it's it's interesting because it's American Gladiators versus TikTok versus Squid Game, and what was the other? Uh, well, not no, not so much Fear Factor, but. 
Yeah, you get you get the yeah. point. It's, th- it's awesome seeing all these type of competition shows that, like you mentioned, American Gladiators was like kind of like the origin for all these that they all drew and and were able to kind of bob and, and weave and kind of spiderweb off of to their own theme. Like uh, uh, John Cena hosted one uh, a few years back, it was only on for a couple seasons, but I enjoyed American Grit, a survival competition endurance show. They compete all types of challenges. The Rock did one for a couple of years. I don't know if it's still on. Was it called? I think it was called Gladiator. I forget the official name, but you know what I'm talking he, about. He did one on TNT. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Um, was it TNT. Steve? Yeah, because what was it? Uh, uh, Steve Austin. He did one. Uh, yeah. Broken was, Skull Challenges. Yeah. He did one on CMT. Yeah, he did one too. And I thought, man, you know, they, I, it like, like Paul said, it's a great genre. (laughs) Well, because I think it's funny because, like Paul said, they just want to put these guys through absolute misery. Mm -hmm. They just enjoy the pain that they see in their face. Because if you, if you are roided out, where you can't even hold a boulder to this guy, like you walk in there all vain and shit, and then you think, oh, well, I could defeat all these guys. Well, look at this guy over here. He's holding it for two hours, whereas you only hold it for 10 seconds. And then you go back home and you feel defeated. Well, it's like, yeah, you're a chump because you just walked in there all vain thinking, oh, I'm the greatest. I'm the best. Well, you just lost to this other guy. Yeah. <laughs> there, was, there was even another competition. And the thing, though, it was kind of cool because they, they kept it so simple. Yeah. Um, so one of the ones is you had uh, just a, a square, like a square platform. Mm. Uh, one side was black. One side was white. Mm. And then you just have to you get it's on the ground. You just have to flip it over like mm. a tile. So it's a tile with a black and a white side, and you flip over the tile. Mm. It's black on one side, and and so you have these two competitors, and they have to flip over their color, and so they're constantly trying to get each other's tiles Mm. to flip to their color, and then you have like one guy who's like smart enough to stand on the tile that the other guy is trying to flip, so he can't do it, (laughs) and then you got one guy that's on his hands and knees. And another guy that's, you know, just like, you know, bending over from the back and realizing that, you know, if I was on my hands and knees, mm-hmm. my back probably wouldn't hurt so much yeah. because they have to do it for like five minutes. And then it's a it's a race to see who can get their tiles up. And the winner is the one with their color up most. It, it, it's so simple, mm. but it is so entertaining to yeah. watch. Some people are realizing, wait a second, there may be some dexterity mm. needed here besides just the physical aspects for and it. it, and mm. it, it re, I mean, it reminds me of like, you know, PE and, yeah. you know, like <laughs> these kind of games are like really good conditioning games. Mm-hmm. So anyway, moving on. Yeah, here. I was going to say, yeah, we should probably move things along here. So yeah, there you go. Some great recommendations there off Netflix. Muscles and Mayhem, Unauthorized Story of American Gladiators, and The Physical 100. All right. Uh, before we go move things along to the next segment here with Victor, we got to give a shout-out to our last sponsor of the show, The River Cinema 15 and The Shire Bar and Grill. Go ahead and make them your next dinner and a movie destination. They're located in the River Mall on East Side. You can either dine inside the movie memorabilia packed restaurant The Shire or take your meal to the movie you're attending. Some of this week's featured attractions are... The Sound of Freedom, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, you heard us just talking about a little earlier, No Hard Feeling, Asteroid City, and Elemental. You can find the complete showtimes online at rivercinema15.com. Don't forget about the Tuesday special, $5 movies all day long, and the $5.50 senior matinee special on Wednesdays and Thursdays. River Cinema has luxury recliners and concessions that are expanded that now serve adult beverages and it's family owned and operated by the same company that runs the Grand Theater in Crookston. And for their showtimes, you can check out morefamilytheaters.com. 
Big time for this is their busy season, summer movie time. Mm-hmm. All kinds of great movies going all summer, and like we talked about at the top of the show, for many more months to come after the summer movie season. Victor, we're going to throw it to you. I know there's no way you can uh, usurp your killer <laughs> aforementioned action figure showcase from a couple of weeks ago, but we always love the one or two figures you bring in every 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 show. What what, what do you have in store for us today? Well, this you guys is uh, I customized this. I worked extremely hard on it. Um, I wanted to do more, but then I was like, you know what? This is perfect the way it is, and I couldn't believe how it turned out. So. I'll give, give the drum roll for you here while you get this guy here. <laughs> Gotta give a shout Holy. out to, of course, Steel. Now, this is, now I know you guys thinking, well, who's Steel? Steel is John Henry Irons. He, of course, was a train worker. Um, and, of course, he got into a terrible accident, almost could have died. Luckily, the Man of Steel saved his life. And, of course, he never forgot about that day and literally was so inspired by the big blue Boy Scout. He was like, well, during the reign of Superman issue, of course, when Superman had passed away, uh, a lot of Superman, like the Eradicator and, of course, Mr. Steel here, uh, took up the reign as Superman to fight for the title. And even Superboy got into the fight and many others from, of course, you know, the last son of Krypton planet, of course, of Krypton. They wanted to get into it, too. Even Cyborg Superman wanted to get into the fight so of course all these guys were getting into the fight but steel man steel was always my favorite growing up he just was this amazing dude in the suit of armor and of course i i i just hated the fact of waiting for a mcfarland figure to come out so of this you made guy. your own took matters yeah. in your own hands yeah. how and did so, you go about it so of course this actually was a dark knight returns uh this was a re-release of a dark knight returns figure but of course the ears were on top of here the bad ears were on top of here so i Kind of filed them off. Of course, I cut them off and filed them off. And of course, I, you know, there was just a plated steel part, of course, on his chest. So I took the shield from my old figure, of course, that I had and put the S symbol on him. And of course, I took the Doctor Strange, of course, cape, as you can see. And uh, of course, you can see the symbol of Doctor Strange on there, but it's okay. It's not very noticeable. And I put the S on the back of his cape because when I grew up, Superman always had an S on the back of his cape. And of course, I couldn't sew a cloth one on there. So I put the one for my old toy on there. And of course, it couldn't be uh, a figure without of course putting some more attachments to him so this was a lego uh from one of my legos and i thought well this could be a kryptonite gatlin gun so i thought i had to put him on it kryptonite gatlin gun yeah and i had to put it on there because i mean i gotta i gotta at least put one gun on steel because i mean he's got to have it now he used to have gauntlets because he does have gauntlets on these but he had gauntlets that would shoot because he was a train worker shot uh, of course the stilts that he would work on uh from his gauntlets but i thought well a gatlin gun would be so much better so they're steel the of nut, course the nut cut nut cut nut cup cracks me up <laughs> yeah that's what i thought too i mean i literally was like well how do i how do i not laugh when i'm doing this <laughs> and it was so it was so great that i did it and i was like well of course no john henry slash steel figure is complete without his signature hammer i was going to put a longer extension because he had a longer of course is his handle. name literally john henry yep his name is john henry irons 
That is his full name. You, John. Do know, you do know the story of John Henry. Yes, I do. Yes, okay. I do. Yep. And that was actually and he's a train worker. Yeah, yep. <laughs> he is literally as the story goes. He is as strong as an ox. Literally, that dude carried two hammers, just bounding away at the rails, dude. That dude, you couldn't stop him. He was There's literally. A song. Yeah, there was a song about him. And of course, uh, when I was a little kid, my mom used to give me a book about him, and I still have that book since, ever since that day. She it all it comes full me. circle, man. Yeah, <laughs> and that and I lo- and I love the character as well as the legend of, uh, of course, Mr. John Henry. Um, he was just a just a beast of a dude and just like him uh, of course you know he was milestone comics of course which is dc of course also so i mean you know this was this was one of my favorite figures growing up and i was like i so wanted one again because i had two little ones but i was like i gotta make another one so i thought this was it and this was enjoyable to make so oh victor you bring it like you do every week joining us in the studio right now it's katie producer katie what's up from tech support. Tech support, <laughs> Katie, yes. Introducing yeah. us to the wonderful world of Macintoshes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard that one in a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. How's Katie today? Been a while since you've been on big screens. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been uh, like a few months, I think. When I was on vacation or something for school. It was the last time I was here. <laughs> any, any big movies or TV shows you're keeping with her? You want to say something for quick takes? You got anything off uh, the top of your head for I, the. I've been actually watching Wipe Swap a lot. That, it's I a love TV that show. show. I love that show. I haven't seen that show since like forever. Oh my gosh! Do you say wife swap? Yeah, wife swap. How do I get on that list? <laughs> Paul, what the <laughs> heck? Jeez. Uh, Honey, don't watch this show if you just heard that. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a joke. What, I would what? never cheat on my wife. I love my wife. Well, what streaming service channel or so is this on? I may or may not have someone's Hulu account information. On the old Hulu's. <laughs> yeah, it's on Hulu. There you go. Uh, how long has that show been around? Like several years or so? Or? It's been around since like the 2000s. Yeah, like oh, okay, since the way, yeah. way forever. They even did a celebrity. They even did a celebrity. I think Dave version. Chappelle did a, a, a spoof on that show. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. 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 Actually, yeah, now that I remember what uh, Paul said, I was like, yes, he did. Yeah, he did. It was <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Oh, man. You know what? Everyone knows what. We've all seen it at least once. Oh, of course. I'm guessing. I, I guess I have not seen Wife Swap over the oh, years. Okay. Maybe I came across a clip over the years. I just, just completely spaced it Just out. watch the Dave Chappelle one. You'll be fine. It's <laughs> literally what the title for two weeks. Watch the Dave Chappelle one. <laughs> just swap lives. <laughs> the wives take control of the household and then, or no, the original family, whatever. They, for a week, for two weeks or whatever, the wife takes control and then the, she has to like abide by the rules of the other family. Which they never do, which oh. is no. the and then and then of course after a few weeks they then get to make their own rules. Yeah. And it's so funny. The family just looks at these rules and they're like, "Are you are you joking? Like, yeah. sure, you're not my mom. <laughs> what are you trying to do here?" Gosh. But, but eventually they do get used to the rules and then they give them some slack. And then eventually at the end yeah. of the episode they divorce and they take on their new lives, right? <laughs> the, well, the art, when, they, when the wives meet back up with their husbands and then they have like both of the families, just it's the, the wife and the husband, they just sit, like Katie said, they just sit down at the table and they just go ham on each About other. About why the other one sucks. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and it's so funny. Like, you should have been a better mother. And yeah. then they just like start crying. Like, oh. how dare you, Karen? <laughs> oh, I love it. I may have to look up a few clips, or at least a Dave Chappelle one. But we should move things along here. Some upcoming streaming theatrical releases here. Uh, I got a few here from upcoming next couple weeks here. We got 
on a- on HBO TV or streaming via Max. And just like that, season two for all you <laughs> Sex and the City lovers, uh, the sequel follow up show to that. It's uh, it's it's back where Sarah Jessica Parker is ready to bounce back in the city after grieving from the death of her boss, Mister Big. New episodes on Thursdays. We already talked about Muscles and Mayhem, the unauthorized story of American Gladiators, now on Netflix. Witcher Season 3, Part 1, that released on Netflix just uh, just under a week ago. Final season with Henry Cavill on uh, uh, ne- Netflix's hit fantasy medieval show based on the best-selling video game series. Part 2 drops July 27th. I that, think it's only five episodes here. So That poor man. He just, he just really can't catch a break with anybody. <laughs> I, I love the... First two seasons with Henry Cavill, so I, I haven't got a chance. To, there, like three things dropped on Netflix, I wanted to see all within like a month of each other. So one, I think once I wrap up American Gladiators here, I will jump into The Witcher. Maybe next episode here, I'll have a little review of the first part. Anyways, uh, next up, Jack Ryan season four. I know a few people that watch Jack Ryan. It's on Amazon Prime Video. Fourth and final season, where the title character is acting deputy director of the CIA, and while he's doing his job, he uncovers a dangerous conspiracy close to home. Season will consist of six total episodes with two airing weekly through July 14th. In theaters that hit last Friday, Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken, it's the new DreamWorks animation film of the summer, heartfelt action comedy about a shy teenager who discovers she is part of a legendary royal lineage of mythical sea krakens. Insidious, The Red Door, in theaters this Friday, it's the horror franchise's original Mm -hmm. cast returning for the final chapter of the Lambert family's terrifying saga, where Patrick Wilson plays one of the main characters, a college-aged, and Dalton, played by Ty Simpkins, they must go deeper into the further than ever before Directed by Patrick Wilson, so those are some. Anything that stood out for me from that list at all? Um, I will nope. say, I will say the. Uh, I say the Witcher. <laughs> Witcher definitely for for me. I, I felt bad. I, I want to say yeah, the Witcher, but then you know, Insidious. I I'm not really so much into the Insidious. I tried to get into it. I I might have to watch it again because it's been a long time since I watched it. Um, I remember it gave my nephew nightmares. I took him into uh, the first one, and of course he's like, I won't get scared. I promise. Literally, not even a night later, he got nightmares, and I'm like, yep, yep, my sister, I had to have a fun conversation with her, so... All right, some GFBS plugs here before we wind things down, quick takes or some other shows going on. I'll make sure to check out Dirty Thursday from earlier today. They had FKA, uh, Forks Carding Association was on with Brady Johnson and a few... FKA drivers, they were in to talk about the latest going on this season for the Forks Karting Association and do their annual live raffle drawing, giving away all kinds of gift, uh, big cash payouts. Yeah, maybe one Mr. Mark Dobmeyer <laughs> may have won a couple of times again this year. Uh, gosh, yeah. yeah, he it was a fun live drawing. Make sure to catch it out, uh, check it out on GFBS by searching uh, uh, Grand Forks Best Stories on your favorite podcast social media app. Uh, tonight's uh, Fork Sports Highway is going on. The latest in the world of sports are me covering the USFL championship game. The surprisingly okay for now twins. Monty's one-of-a-kind WNBA coverage and so much more with local college and pro sports. And yeah, so many good things going on. Grand Forks Best Source. A little bit shortened week this week with the 4th of July holiday. You can find all our shows by searching GFBS on your favorite podcast or social media apps. All right, guys, quick takes. Let's wind it on, wind it down. What do we got going on? Uh Katie, I guess it's been a while since we heard from you. Uh, have you been seeing anything other than Wife Swap lately? Uh, really? No, not really. Chill. Made it to the theater? Catch any movies at all maybe the last few weeks or so or since we last seen you? I should have, but I haven't. No. 
You're going to go on a streaming binge you, yeah. before you know it. Oh, this, this movie here, this movie there. Yeah, it's like I have certain people's streaming service. I don't even use it. I'm just all YouTube. All YouTube, you have my certain people that I watch. I'll have to write you a list, honestly. Mm -hmm. I I honestly have been meaning to write Katie a list for a long time. So get get a bucket list. Yeah. No, yeah, you mentioned lost in translation. I'm like, I need to add that to my my uh my to see list, the ever growing to see list recommendations from you guys. All I ever hear about is this Yellowstone. That's like number one right now. Paul's big show. Yes. That's all I hear about twenty four seven. Yellowstone, Yellowstone review. (laughs) Yes. Ah, the last season hasn't been good. Paul, any other quick takes from you from uh, what else besides what we've discussed earlier in the show? Uh, I've been trying to watch Extraction 2. That's a one on my list that I want to see. And then there's another Same. one um, that just came out that dropped with... Uh, oh, who is in it? Well, in any case, I can't remember. But it's like under live under what? Whatever. I can't remember. But it just came out on Netflix. It looks like another good one. Something underground, I think. Yeah, yeah Netflix oh, with a ton yeah. of uh, ton of stuff hitting just these last few weeks. Yeah, I want to see Extraction yeah. 2. Yeah, same. Uh, see Chris Hemsworth kick ass, yes. as he always does. Good old-fashioned action. Just beat him up. Uh, I guess for some of my quick takes here, still keep me on with Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Episode 2, kind of a pass, but Episode 3 is really good where they, they kind of kind of do a little Star Trek 4 there. They do some time travel to the modern day with Captain Kirk. So good good episode there for the latest Strange New Worlds. I think they just had the season finale. You'll get to hear me finally done get done talking about it here for the last time for a while. Season finale of Beans and Butthead. They have a sleepover with a buddy. They just sleep over at this guy's place so they can play his PlayStation 5. And, Paul, you're, you're doing a, a mean, great Cornholio impression. They didn't do one all season, but they saved one for the final episode. And, well, they made sure to make it count. <laughs> so <laughs> you can find that on Paramount+. Plus. And uh, I did finish the Arnold docuseries on Netflix. So, Oh, actually, I do have a, a quick take mm-hmm. because it's pissing me off. Uh-oh. <laughs> what grinds your gears, Paul? I'm so ready Netflix for is I, Netflix so ready. is doing that bs where it's like this isn't your household so then i gotta get the confirmation code and do all this nonsense and then same thing with i think uh paramount and h and hbo max and now it's just max and it's like all these apps i'm like oh they're doing like the detection like area detection this may or may not be i know i heard netflix has been cracking down on it a lot we we like i'm in my camper I'm in my camper. I'm not at home. I'm still. Like it's it's so infuriating. Katie, Victor, you guys have been running into this on streaming services. Like no, uh, we we literally. It's so funny that Paul brings this up. I love you, Paul. Literally, we I brought we brought this up yesterday. We talked about this yesterday. They and I told him I was like, this is what they were planning to do. They had already raised their their prices. 15% 15% more. I swear to God, this literally was Netflix's plan all along. And like Paul said, if you are not in your house, if you do not have any affiliation with your house in general, you will be detected. You will be kicked off, as they say, well, which really I, I don't believe. Those cards. Can I? I don't know about that, but uh. <laughs> they, no, they're trying. They're trying. Like you said, they're they're really cracking down, man. And honestly, not I, yet. They're. I know they're not. No, well, not imagine yet, there must be a, an exception if you're like watching Netflix on your phone. If you're out and about, you know, then maybe the rules change a little uh, bit. Would that safe to say? I, I've you know, I've no, I watch Netflix on my break. They're and, being a bunch of stooges. Really? And, yeah, wow. they're being a bunch of stooges. And like I said, they raise their rates now for fifteen percent. Yeah, no one's gonna want to. To hang out with them. Yeah, they totally kicked me off of your account. I don't know what you're talking about, Paul. (laughs) I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know. 
what's true. I don't, I I don't share fifth. my Netflix with anybody. So. I played the fifth. <laughs> yeah. No, it yeah. wasn't Netflix. It was yeah. I, I did. I don't know what you're talking about, Paul. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, you, 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 keep, hear, you keep hearing about this in the news. Like, wait a second. It's not like, hey, there's a huge discrepancy in what this this household is watching. All these wrestling shows, and this household is watching all this Blues Clues and Paw Patrol stuff. It's like, what's this? What's the sketchiness here? No, no. But yeah, they're they're. It's crazy how the algorithms are detecting this and that and cracking down and what a bunch of students. doing what they got to do, I guess, to for the almighty dollar. They always got to ruin it for everybody else. That's Victor. why nobody wants to hang out with them. Any last quick takes from you? I am really excited, like I said, just to uh, to announce that uh, for for DC and Marvel, of course, I can't wait. I know I've been saying it a lot because I'm super excited. I can't wait for Blue Beetle. I'm really so excited. It's and, almost here. I think yeah, it's been like, like four or five months in your quick takes. Like <laughs> literally, I'm so freaking excited. Not to mention, uh, of course, my boys in green. Of course, as we just talked about not too long ago, Ninja Turtles is coming out very, very incredibly soon. And I still can't believe that. I'm really excited to see Summer it. movie season. I know. I'm so excited, man. And I, oh, I just can't wait for this man because this is exciting um i'm still excited to see of course no uh no hard feelings with jennifer lawrence because literally she hasn't been in a movie for quite some time i'm really excited to see her in a a comedy because she's a She's a very funny person, honestly. Um, but I'm really excited, of course. And another quick take, of course. I know Paul has always said, you know, where do you get your action figures from? And so, of course, I have one for him right here because I know. Oh, one more I, action figure. I know, I know how much. I have a Bible of, on that. What do you got there? This is a Thor, of course, you know, the almighty god of thunder. And, of course, I was like, well, you know what? I had an extra Thor, and I was like, well, I know Paul will love this because I know he always asks, where do you get your action figures from? So, of course, this is for you, sir. You're, ac- and- you're actually giving that to me? Yeah, it's yours. Oh, F&A. There we go. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Nice, man. Yeah, Thank absolutely. you. Yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. Absolutely. Can't man. go wrong with the God of Thunder watching over the this studio, is, yeah, right? This is badass. <laughs> Free, 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 free. Yeah, free. Another thing I get for free. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, badass. Very, very cool. But yeah, I can see the resemblance. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. I just can't believe you win it. Victor, any other quick takes? Um, besides just being super excited about movies and, of course, comic books and everything else, Comic Con also is coming extremely very soon. I cannot wait. Which Comic Con? So, the Grand Forks, of course, is coming very soon. It's like September, yeah. August. I'm yeah. super excited. I'm ready to go. Let's get into this because, yeah. I mean, it's coming up, people. Let's I've been get in touch in. with them. We expect some more GFBS on location foot coverage of that. It's yeah. be a good time. I'm so excited. I, I, like I said, last. Last time, if you all did not know, of course, because I had my Batman cowl on, I was super excited. Of course, Paul and Dale were obviously there, and we just had a grand old time just talking to them and just experiencing the amazing world that is Comic-Con, yes. so I'm excited. Nerd out with us all this year's Comic-Con, right? Exactly. Nerd out completely. Oh, I'm so excited. All right. With that, we'll wrap up today's show. I want to give many thanks again to today's sponsors, River Cinema 15, The Shire Bar and Grill, Northwest Tire, and Oh for Heaven's Cakes and more. We welcome you to join us live for all future episodes on our new summer schedule every other Thursday at 1pm on gfbestsource.com or just search Grand Forks Best Source on your favorite podcast social media apps and that's how you can find past episodes as well. Please support GFBS by hitting that donate link on top of the gfbestsource.com website or leave us a 5 star review on Google or your go-to podcast app. 
Many thanks for having us part of your day. Many thanks to Victor. Always appreciate it, guys. Always enjoyable to be here. And remember, just because our schedule has changed, we will come back on Wednesdays very, very soon. But doesn't mean we won't give you what you want. Movies, comic books, everything that is nerding out so we can nerd out with you guys. We need you guys to nerd out with us. Let's go. Let's go. Victor is in go movie mode. I love it. Many thanks to Read em and Weep producers Paul and Katie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> we'll see you again in two weeks. A lot big more summer movie reviews to come. Check it out. We'll see you then. Goodbye. See you later.